Welcome to The Founders. This is the podcast where we dig into the startup stories of some of the most exciting and innovative businesses by speaking to the founders themselves. I'm Alex. And I'm Joe. And in this episode, we're speaking to the co-founder and chief expansion officer of Too Good To Go, Lucy Bash. Too Good To Go is an app on a mission to fight food waste by giving you the opportunity to purchase unsold food from restaurants, bakeries, and coffee shops for a reduced price. One thing that I've always wanted to understand is that when you see all those spare, whether it's cupcakes or sandwiches or things like that, a bakery, at the end of the day, what is stopping people from giving that food away? Sometimes you might have been lucky enough to like go into a shop and just get something randomly, but why can't that happen all the time? And it was really interesting to understand what is blocking cafes and restaurants from actually doing that. I really enjoyed how she approached getting new vendors on board or, well, new bakeries and restaurants, things like that. She understood that if there is a blocker here that is going to make it difficult for people to give away their food at the end of the day, um, what I don't want to do is add to that stress. She put herself in in the shoes of someone who ran one of these restaurants or bakeries, tried to understand if I was going to get on board with this, what would it take? And so she promised them where in this sales pitch that it would be just as easy, like using her app, it would be just as easy as just throwing it away. I think it was really interesting learning about Lucy's background in engineering because you can see that mindset and that approach come through in the way that she's approached building Too Good To Go and how every piece of the puzzle has become so efficient and so simple. So it was really cool to see her draw parallels between her engineering background and the building of Too Good To Go. What do you think is in this conversation for business owners? This conversation in particular, the actual business itself, is a is a really strong case that it is possible to set up a successful company whilst also making sure that it is meaningful and has a strong purpose. And as well, one of the points that Lucy made was around don't worry about being too perfect too soon um, and just make things happen. And I think it'd be worthwhile sticking around to hear the end of the conversation to hear that story. So this is the co-founder and chief expansion officer of Too Good To Go, Lucy Bash. Enjoy. So Lucy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you're the co-founder and chief expansion officer of Too Good To Go. Do you want to just describe what Too Good To Go is and what your your mission is? Sure. So with Too Good To Go, we, we give an opportunity to everyone to fight food waste. Um, so basically, we started with an app that connects stores that have food leftovers at the end of the day. And people like you and me who are happy to come and pick up the food at the end of the day. So it's pretty simple. You download the app and then uh, you pay a small fee on the app. Um, So it's around five euros. And then you come at the end of the day and you get three times the value of what you paid for. So it's really that win-win-win concept where the stores uh, who have leftover don't have to throw food away at the end of the day anymore. Consumers like you and me can do something simple uh, for fighting food waste and, and get great food at a third of the price. And then together we help the planet um, I was really shocked when I realized that today food waste is 10% of a greenhouse gases emission. And therefore, when you save a meal, you really do your bit in the in the fight against climate change. And for us, that's important um, that you really have an opportunity to do good while enjoying great food. Amazing. I wanted to talk a little bit about your career before launching Too Good To Go. So you'd previously worked at 
Nestle in their Manufacturing and Focused Improvement Leadership Program. And you had a year of being a hub manager for Open Food Network as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you gained during your experience uh, at both of those places and what kind of triggered you to decide to launch uh, Too Good To Go? Yeah, so I guess the common point with those two experiences and with Too Good To Go is is food. Uh, I've always been passionate about foods. For me, food is what connects us together. Thinking about things that can link us together and actually make a difference. Food was at the center of it um, and is at the center of it. Um, when I started working in Nestle, I was in the in the food production factories. So, you know, I was um, I had a hairnet uh, on my head and I had safety shoes and I was working in the food factories. That's really when I realized uh, the how sick our food system is. Um, today, we produce food in the same way that we produce microwaves or makeups or, or drugs. We don't really think about what's the impact on our health, what's the impact on our planet. We think more about um, how can I produce faster and cheaper. And that was my job really, was how do we improve the production line so that it can produce faster uh, and, and cost less to the company. And often I realized that actually to do that, I had to make the line run faster and therefore waste more food but the marginal cost of every product was still lower and therefore it was a great success uh, for the company that I could that we could produce food cheaper, even if it was uh, throwing more food away. So th that's really when I realized that I didn't want to work for the, the old food system. I wanted to create a new one, create one where we feel good about it, where people are being paid in a fair way um, throughout the whole uh, food chain where we feed ourselves with good products that improve our health um, instead of uh, uh, making it worse and also which take care of our natural environment. So, so that's when I, um, I realized how huge food waste was. Uh, looking into the numbers, I realized that today we throw away 40% of the food we produce on the planet, which for me seemed totally crazy. Uh, it seemed even more crazy that we don't even know about it, right? I mean, a lot of people, uh, when I say that number, they are pretty shocked and it's the first time they hear about it. And it's crazy to think that we throw away 40% of the food we produce and we don't even talk about it or it's not even a big deal. So when I realized that, I saw we need to find a way to get people to hear about it and get people to understand that they can be part of the solution. And with Too Good To Go, it's it's really what we do. It's It's really giving that daily opportunity for everyone to be that modern hero that can actually, uh, you know, pick up a meal and do their bit. And today with all our great consumers, um, we have close to 70 million consumers now in the world, uh, and we save uh, more than 300,000 meals every day. And that's a lot of food, right? So um, so making us proud of that. And then of course, it's it's really how do we change mindsets? How do we really get people to, um, to not stop to the to the surprise bag they save on the app, but to also change their habit at home, to maybe challenge the supermarkets they buy their food from, to start talking about food waste uh, in schools or in politics as well. And that's really what we call like the food waste movement, is how do we start changing our whole relationship to food so that we have a planet where every food produced is actually consumed. And, and that's really our, our vision of the of the world that to good to go is, yeah, it's a planet where every food we produce is actually being eaten. So that's what we wake up every morning and, and work really hard on. Can I ask, how much do you think that growing up in France has, has contributed to your 
positive relationship with food because when I went to Paris in April, it's so noticeable the difference between the way that food is is eaten and as an experience. Whereas I feel like people like myself are guilty of just I'll not even think about it. I'll eat something at my desk and just like a sandwich or whatever. It's not something that is a moment in my day. And I've always thought that the relationship with food in France is so much more, it's so much better and so much more meaningful. Does that contribute to at all towards your desire to find better ways to, to eat food and waste less food and those kinds of things? Yeah, well, most likely I'd say, I mean, for me, food is all about, is all about sharing, is all about living in a way as well, because, you know, it's, it's our, our basic needs, really. I mean, you, you eat and you sleep. Um, and, and I think, um, yeah, in, in France, we make it, it's a huge deal, right? How, how food is produced, how much better we should be with our farmers, how important it is to, um, to feed everyone as well. And I'd say that's, Plus, I graduated as an engineer and I'm pretty rational, right? For me, it's, I hate things that don't make sense. And for me, throwing food that you can still eat just makes no sense. So actually, when I started to really become passionate about fighting food waste, it was more because I hated that nonsense, uh, more than because I knew about the impact on the planet, more because I, I was aware of, uh, of how, how many people are underfed today. So I didn't know really that the importance of that topic. But for me, just in a simple way, really, I just saw the baker here still have like a croissant and sandwiches at the end of the day. Well, let's not throw it away, right? Let's let's have someone who would gladly eat this uh, delicious croissant, uh, pick it up and pay cheaper for it as well. It's, it's really just finding solutions that make sense. And I think today we're surrounded with nonsense in our societies and and I think we we all we are all craving for solutions. And I feel like, um, as as we sort of said at the start of the podcast, it is one of those things where you're like, of, of course, this needed to exist. And because I feel like so many people talk about the idea that there is food waste, and they'll see, you know, you sometimes see behind certain supermarket like bins full of like breads and different foods and things like that. Can you identify what it was that made you specifically? think I am going to actually solve this problem, not just talk about it? Yeah, so s several things really, but uh, I'd say I'm a positive person. So I, I love to speak about solutions versus uh, problems. And I think with food waste, right, it's easy to find solutions in a way, because um, first, when you reduce food waste, you create value. So our business model was pretty obvious from day one. I mean, for every meal we save, we basically um, take a fixed commission. So it's around one euro. So when you pay five euros on the app, um, one goes to Too Good To Go and the rest goes to the store. So in this way, having a simple solution that leaves everyone as a winner in the process, right? The store is not throwing food away anymore and they have a simple way to not throw that food. On top of that, they generate new consumers and they generate extra revenue from the food they haven't thrown away. As consumers, we get a super concrete and simple action to do our bit in the fight against food waste, and we get food for a third of the price. And as a company, right, we can create jobs that are meaningful and where our business model and our revenue is perfectly linked to the number of meals we save every day. So I think finding solutions that are just so obvious and simple was pretty um, pleasing for me. And, and then it's it's really about waking up every morning and knowing why you wake up, 
when I was working in, in the food factories, for me, it was, I, I didn't really understand why I was putting all my energy and time in a food system I, I deeply disagreed with. So waking up every morning to, to build a company like Too Good To Go uh, just definitely made sense. And then when talking about the concept, I realized there were other people that were thinking about it because as you said, it's so simple uh, that we were several people having the same idea. We decided to do it together. And that's that's when I, I met my, uh, my co-founders working on the same solution. And when we decided to do it together and uh, we were from different countries and that helped us to really spread the concept to, to different places uh, pretty quickly. And today we are in 17 countries and our ambition is to be in the whole world because food waste is an issue that unfortunately doesn't really have borders. We throw away food in every country in the world. And that's where we as Too Good To Go want to bring the solution to every country in the world as well. So back when you had that initial idea for the app and you found others that shared that idea as well, how fully formed was that initial idea? Was it close to what the app is now or was it very, very different back then? I'd say compared to all the startups I've, uh, I've talked to, we haven't changed that much. Our concept has stayed pretty much the same. I would say we hadn't realized how much it could fit any stores producing food. You know, originally uh, my co-founders in Denmark started with buffet food only. So it was really like, you know, when you have food at the end of a buffet, you would come with your empty box and you would fill it based on what's left uh, on the buffet. Uh, being French myself, I had I was a big fan of uh, of bakeries, and for me that was the, the the store that was typically needed a solution like to good to go because when you do fresh baked goods, you always have some left at the end of the day. So uh, that was also um, a store we started with, but then we realized that it can work for any type any type of stores. So we started doing it for sushis, uh, for bagels, for pizza stores. Um, and then a year later, we even realized that our solution worked perfectly for supermarkets. So we have um, now close to 50% of our of our stores on the app are grocery stores. And, and you get a, a big bag uh, filled with food that can go from dairy produce to uh, fish and meats and fruit and veggies. And it's really the beauty of the concept is that it's so simple that everybody can use it. We even work with hotels. And, and canteens and, and a lot of different types of stores. And that the concept is exactly the same in, in every country we've launched it as well. And um, which, you know, every time we launched a new country, we were a bit like wondering if we should change something. And then we were like, let's let's not change, some, change something except if we have a really good reason for it. And we never found that good reason. So so today the Too Good To Go app is, is the same in every country where it, it operates. And, and I think that's the success of it as well is we kept it simple. Uh, as much as we could. And I think that that helped us to grow that fast. So for these next few questions, I really want to focus in on the start of that process. I think a lot of our listeners, um, some people, some of the the listeners will be people who have an idea and don't know how to get it off the ground or what the first step is. Um, And you mentioned there that the first couple of places that you went to to look at as to almost validate whether this idea would work would be the buffets and the bakeries. When, if, if, if that was your first port of call, did you have an app then or was that just a case of let's see if this process works with a small group of people? Yeah, no, definitely not. At the beginning, we had nothing. Um, it was really just an idea that we were convinced uh, about and then 
just really getting out in the streets and, and knocking on doors. I've knocked on so many doors uh, myself, just pitching the idea, having nothing to show. I mean, not even a flyer at the beginning. Uh, and then I realized it, it would be good to maybe do a couple of flyers on PowerPoint uh, just to look more serious or something. We hadn't even seen it live ourselves. So it was hard to convince people when you don't really know if it's going to work, right? I, I had never worked in sales myself. I had never worked in a restaurant myself. So um, you, you just have to, to keep pushing. And, uh, and I had many amazing conversations with, with so many store owners. That's when we really realized as well how simple it needed to be. Their main concern was, I don't have time for that. It's, it's so complicated. I already have so much to do in my day. At the end of the day, I just want to go home. I don't want to start like uh, putting my inventory online and then like having extra people coming when I've closed my cashier or things like that. And that's really when we, we thought about the idea of the surprise bag. So you don't have to put any inventory online. Just put roughly how many bags you think you'll have at the end of the day. And then it's just like if you had planned for three, but at the end of the day you have four, you can add one. If, if actually you sold that, then you can remove them. But it, let's keep it as simple. And I remember I, I promised them that it would be as simple as throwing food away. Instead of putting everything in a big bin bag, you actually split it into four surprise bags people who have already paid for would just uh, knock on your door and, and get the bag. And that's it. It's, it's just super simple. And so, so yeah, it was really about going out there and, uh, and talking to your customers and then just kind of like not thinking too much ahead. Right. We, you know, we didn't have like contracts or legal documents, or we didn't think about when are we actually going to be able to pay ourselves or we didn't think about what will we do when we need to hire the first employee or when we get the first TV or when we have the first trial because uh, like uh, one store is unhappy or something. We, like for me, it was super important to focus on like everyday matter and let's just think about solving what needs to be solved now. Let's not look at the top of the mountain because otherwise you just, you just give up. And, and for me, it was every day um, made a difference. And I was enjoying every day as well. And I think it's, it's, that's super important. It's like, ask yourself why you want to do this and, uh, and make sure that you have fun uh, along the ride because it's, um, you know, there, for me, there is no failure when you start a company. Either you learn or you succeed. Worst case, it's an amazing learning experience. I definitely agree with that approach to launching a business. It's, it does have to be focused on the customer, what it is that they're looking for and and you know the way that you it sounds like you've tailored that experience and how the app works now to make sure that it is as easy as possible for those people with the restaurants and uh, because ultimately it does rely on them to be able to to make sure that this continues to happen so i think that's a really good way of starting the next point from there is then how you take this operation that seems to be working and turn it into something that can scale through like you've developed uh, your app I'd definitely speaking on behalf of uh, quite a few listeners here and definitely myself, where the idea of developing an app or finding someone to bring on your team that you can trust who you know has the right skill set or outsourcing that can be quite a daunting concept because someone who's not a techie, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know the first thing about finding the right person. Um, how do you go from an idea like that or an operation like that that works to actually getting that off the ground and into a first version of an app? Yeah. Um I guess that's when you learn humility um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know, you realize that um, you're not going to make it all yourself uh, and that you need to find people who are 
better than you in their in their own uh, RS to join you. And and myself, I was uh, kind of like I I. I was looking for people to develop the app because personally myself, I, w I tried, right? I was like, I'm an engineer. I'm just going to learn online. You can learn everything online today. Um, and it was pretty fun, right, to learn coding. Uh, but then pretty quickly, I realized that um, that was really not where I would bring the most value and that I would rather find people uh, that know how to do it. And, and really quickly, I, I learned about, um, I heard about those people who were doing the same things as, as I wanted to do. And uh, they had started to, uh, to code and one of them was, uh, was able to code. So, you know, my first feeling was like, I already have competitors, I haven't even started uh, and, uh, and they are further than me and uh, what should I do? Uh, and then I went to a conference called um, Collaboration is the New Competition. And really talking about that idea that when you want to do something actually to have an impact, when you find people who want to do the same thing, you better collaborate and do it together instead of doing it against each other. And I thought that this is so true. I mean, today we have huge issues uh, in the world. How do we actually um, team up to do it? And today in our mission at Too Good To Go, we have inspire and empower everyone to fight food waste together. And I think that togetherness is, is really important. So anyway, building the team at the beginning and, and finding the right people uh, who have different skills than you, who can actually help you do it, is, is really the most important uh, phase. And so therefore, we decided to, to team up. I definitely agree with you that when you're not a developer yourself, it's really hard to challenge a developer because you never know what should take two weeks or, or four. And so you just have to trust people. But I think that's also what it is uh, when, when building a company. You have to trust the others. And sometimes you, you're disappointed and sometimes you were right, right to trust each other. I, I think for me, what was important is really to go back to why do I want to do this and making sure that I, I stick to that whenever I was in doubt. And I think that that's what took us far as well. So finding people who can code for us, we always did everything internally because to go to go was is an app uh, first and foremost. So we didn't want to take the most important part of the company and, and doing it outside. Uh, I heard about a lot of companies who start uh, to, to do it uh, externally and then when they are big enough, are doing it internally. So at the end of the day, I wouldn't say there is one single recipe, but it's really about solving each step uh, along the way and making sure that you don't look too much ahead um, so that you can progress slowly but surely, basically. I think that's the most important part. And then once we had the app, it was really about um, knowing uh, how do we spread the word as fast as possible. And uh, and in Too Good To Go, we were lucky that a lot of people loved the idea uh, from day one. And therefore, we had a lot of uh, volunteers and students who were like, hey, I would love to have the concept in my in my city. How can I bring it there? And therefore, we had so many people actually going out to stores and pitching them the concept. And at the beginning, they were not even paid. Then they got paid for each store they would bring on board. And then some of them became the first employees uh, of Too Good To Go. Some of them are still here uh, seven years later. So it was really about kind of appreciating everyone who, who supported us along the way. And then just taking our time to become a real company. But at the beginning, we didn't even want to hire interns because we were like... It's not cool if they don't get to finish their internship because we have to stop before that. So yeah, it's, it's going a little bit uh, freestyle and, uh, and accepting that uh, you won't be perfect from day one, but that um, every, yeah, every step of the way uh, is important to, to enjoy fully, I would say. And I've spent so much time talking to our first consumers 
You know, I remember once I was for one hour 15 with an old lady that was trying to order on the app and it wouldn't work because she couldn't use her smartphone and her grandkids was not, were not there. And I was like, oh my God, like if I have to do that with every user, I'm never going to manage. But someone told me once that it's super important to do the things you can do when you're small, even if it's not scalable, because you won't have time to do it anymore uh, when you're too big. So make sure that you take the time to do it when you're small. And, and honestly, I got so much insights uh, from that old lady uh, that I will never forget. And that today it's still useful, you know, when I talk to the customer care teams and that they have to face that every day at huge scale. Um, I, I always remember the patients I needed to onboard that old lady fully. <laughs> and one, one question that I had around, I suppose, even the concept that stores will throw away food in the first place. Why is it that food is thrown away and discarded and not just given away? So it's not that uh, the donation process is not that easy today. Uh, so to be able to donate your food, you need to find a charity that would pick it up. Often charities don't have the infrastructure or the time or the volunteers to actually come and collect the food of every small baker in the street of a big city at night uh, when there is high traffic and when the products needs to be refrigerated, for example. Um, sometimes they just, you know, it's, it can be just that they don't have um, a refrigerated truck to pick up the food and therefore uh, they just don't have a solution. So actually when we started pitching stores, a lot of them told us like, I've tried to donate my food for years now, no charities would pick it up. So I've just understood that it's part of my job to throw the food away. It was really sad to hear, but I also understood that charities are doing an amazing job, but they can't do it for everyone for every small volume of food as well. And that's really where Too Good To Go comes as a perfect solution after the, the food that has been donated. If there is anything left, because it's a one user who come and pick up that food, it can pick up a really small portion of food as well. And, and for a charity, it's much better that they focus on like huge supermarkets who are maybe outside big cities that are throwing food away than going to every little local store that have a couple of sandwiches uh, left at the end of the day. So that's why for, for me, the issue of food waste will never be solved by only one player. It has to be solved by a diversity of player and being able to work alongside uh, charities has always been a, a big focus for us as to get to go so that we can support each other instead of like stealing the food away from one or another. I mean, at the end of the day, again, we throw away 40% of the food we produce. So there is unfortunately plenty enough food waste uh, to enable everyone to, uh, to contribute. So I, I would say to answer your question, it, it's really because it's really hard to plan and forecast how many customers are going to come today. What are they going to choose? We all expect a lot of diversity of choice as well. Even when you come at uh, 6 p.m. at a bakery, you just expect that there is still um, unlimited uh, choices in the, the, the type of flavors uh, in, your, in your bread. And I don't think that's, uh, that's sustainable, uh, but we are all used to that. And therefore our local stores provide for those. It, it makes it impossible for them to, to have the exact uh, number of stock. And so, because they do fresh food and quality food that they don't want to put uh, for sale the day after, because it's not super fresh anymore. Um, then they need on that exact time when they close the store to have someone who is, uh, who is happy to pick it up. So as a store, you, it's a much better 
alternative to be able to, and a much easier alternative to be able to use Too Good To Go. So do, do you find that the, what's the main motive for the stores? Is it the environmental responsibility almost? I mean, the stores are the first victim of, of throwing their food away, right? I mean, when you throw food away, you, you throw your efforts away, you throw money away, you throw time away, um, and you don't feel good about it. So um, for us, it was really about providing an easy solution for stores to, to not throw food away. And as I said, the first um, counter arguments were the fact that they don't have time for it. But actually, too good to go is so simple. You, you know, you, you set up an automatic number of boxes that would actually just be refreshed and, uh, every day. And you can always change this number if, if anything happens. But otherwise, you don't even have to connect to the platform at all uh, during the day. And then when, um, when users come, you just gather your food and put it into several bags. They get it. For you, it's also the opportunity to get new consumers to push the door of your store, discover your food. You know, that surprise bag you get on the app. It's nearly like a sample of food as well that you're going to discover. And then the day after you're looking for a good place for lunch. And then, you know, this store, you know, that the products are good. So you get the opportunity to come back as well. And on top of that, of course, they get money from it. So which, of course, when you run a business, um, that's a huge argument as well. So I would say we have different types of stores. Some really do it because they wanted to find a solution to stop throwing their, their good food away. Some do it because it's the opportunity to generate an extra revenue and, and limit their, their waste treatment. Some do it because they are excited to be on a platform with 70 million consumers for free and, and get consumers that never got to, to push the door just because they live two streets away or because they didn't even think that this food was, um, was affordable and that helps them to, to get new customers as well. I kind of feel like I know the answer to this next question just because of how we've talked about it internally. But how did you spread word of the app? How did you end up with 70 million users and 240,000 ratings on the App Store? Yeah, it's it's been pretty incredible, to be honest, because for the first years, we didn't really have a marketing budget, right? So we really relied on word of mouth because, you know, when you pick up your first Too Good To Go surprise bag, you, you've paid four euros on, a, on an app. You come, you don't really know what you're going to get because it's a surprise. And then you realize and you're like, whoa, this is so cool. I can't believe that all that food would have been thrown away if I wasn't there. And you get that like heroic feeling of like, first, I'm smart. And second, I'm a pretty good person. And therefore, um, that like wow moment really gets you to talk to a lot of people about it. So you walk home and like you show it to your flatmates, you show it to your close ones. Uh, then you talk to your friends about it the day after, like, you know what happened yesterday? I found this app. And so the word of mouth was so huge at Too Good To Go. We didn't even understand where those people came from, but they kept it kept growing and we got thousands and thousands of downloads every day. And then the media started to hear about it. We didn't even know what PR was. We didn't even have people with any journalist contact, but the media started to hear about the concept and without even contacting us sometimes they would just publish and suddenly we were on like national tv and we're like of course all the servers would crash and it was like you know when you're like you don't know if you should cry or be really happy right now that's what happened every time we had a big tv or or anything big uh, at to good to go because we were just really not ready for that so at the beginning actually the the average rating on the on the app store was two two stars 
first because people couldn't download the app because every time they they tried the app would crash and second because we also had opened the app for download in the whole world even if we had no intention to go there in the near future and therefore a lot of people even in japan or in like korea and stuff would download the app and say this is crap there is nothing around me so i can't use it and therefore they would put one store and then um, delete the app so honestly we did so many mistakes but at the end we didn't really care we could feel the traction we were having and therefore um that kept us going really and the only thing we wanted was to add more stores on the app because every store we would add if they would put three bags three bags would be saved straight away so we just had such high demand that what we needed to push was bringing more supply on the app and and for that it was really about being outside in the streets all day long and convincing more people to join us you've i mean you've grown quite a lot in in over the past few years you're much bigger app than than the times that you're talking about you've got over 240,000 ratings on the app store now and the star rating that you've got is is way over 4 uh, so no longer the two stars that you're talking about but Obviously, with with that growth, you've become quite a successful company with that mission of making sure that you're not wasting any more food. Um, with that comes competition. There have been uh, other companies that have, have started up. What is your stance on apps that are doing similar things? So again, I would say food waste was such an unknown topic when we started that the more people start talking about food waste, start inspiring each other about food waste, the bigger the cake gets, you know? So... For me, it's like every time people hear on TV about food waste, they think about, whoa, this is crazy. Can I do something for it? And then they would look for solutions and then Too Good To Go would come up uh, pretty quickly. So the more companies start fighting food waste, the better it will be for Too Good To Go and the better it will be for actually reducing food waste. So I often say that our our only competitor uh, is the bin. And, and that's true, right? It's like at the end of the day, if we're really serious about putting an end to food waste, the only one we should fight against is is the bin. And, and that's kind of our, our main store is like, uh, let's do the right thing. And one of our values is we care. And, and we translate that by we do the right thing. So honestly, like fighting against our competitor is not really our main focus. And to be honest, that strategy kind of took us far because today we don't have any major competitor. We have local apps who do the same as us uh, here and there but uh, but no one has scaled at the pace we have scaled and uh, no one has launched the app in on two continents in 17 countries you know today we're with the um, top seven uh, food downloaded app in the world and no one has scaled that far so so for me instead of focusing on like destroying our competitors we focused on growing our own mission uh, and i think that's the that's the right approach and is the plan to go worldwide? Because you're already in Europe and North America, is that right? Are you planning to expand worldwide? Yeah, of course. I mean, as I said, our ambition has no limits. I mean, as long as there is food waste, we'll keep fighting. Um, and, and there is food waste everywhere. So for us, it was it was important to, to keep launching countries. We need to find the right pace, right? Because when you expand so fast, you risk losing your DNA. You risk making mistakes especially with, with the culture, with your employees. I mean, today we have more than 1,000 employees uh, at Too Good To Go. And, you know, it's our responsibility to take care of everyone as well and, and to make sure that 
um, every talent is, uh, is used at best. So, so we constantly need to think about what's the right setup for our organization. We constantly need to think about what's the right culture to support the size of our organization today and to maximize our impact. So we need to rethink our strategy. And when the strategy was um, five years ago, it was about sitting around the table and kind of like aligning with a, with a pen and paper. Today, it actually takes uh, three or four months to build the strategy of a, of a company the size of Too Good To Go. So for us, it's always been about finding the balance between speed and excellence. How can we go as fast as possible? But how can we become more and more excellent in what we do? Because today, um, I often say every big power brings big responsibilities. And it's true, right? We have uh, huge credibility in several of our markets. We are recognized as, as an authority for fighting food waste. We are talking to governments. We launch school programs. Um, we do a lot more than just building a marketplace. Um, and for that, we need to, to take our time to do it properly as well. So... Already being in two continents uh, is is a huge challenge, uh, and we want to continue to do it uh, to do it right. The pace of growth that you've achieved is is it is pretty rapid. Is there anything in particular that you did that just seemed to work to achieve that? Is was the one particular thing that as soon as you tried it, you were like, right, this is this is how we're going to achieve rapid growth. I think we realized pretty quickly what was working. And we really stick to it. We try to not improve too much. We try to not be perfect, but just say, okay, this has worked in one country. How do we kind of copy paste in the next country? And how do we always learn from, from our mistakes and improve the playbook constantly? So my challenge as chief expansion officer was to say, how can the next country just be faster and better than the one before? But without changing anything, if we didn't have a good reason for it. And I think that was that was really important uh, recipe for success was to say, let's not, let's not change something that's working. And today I would say we are also in a different mindset, in a different context globally, and we, we are much bigger as well. And we realized that the lack of focus on inefficiencies or the lack of focus on like continuous improvement, we are feeling it now. And now that we're such a big company, we need to increase the efficiency. We need to increase, uh, to improve the way we do things. But in a way, I'm happy we didn't, need it, we didn't do it too soon because that would have potentially slowed us down. Now those inefficiencies are important to solve, to continue scaling rapidly. But, you know, it's important to not try to be too perfect too soon because that can limit your growth. And at the beginning, what you need to prove to yourself first, but also to all your stakeholders is that you can scale that concept really fast in many different places. And that's what we did. And the last couple of questions I've got specifically around investment. First of all, finding investment and where to find investment, what investors to look for, the specific investors um, with certain characteristics or value that they add beyond just their, their investment that they can offer in cash. So where did you find those? And as, as well, I want to ask more about um, how you decided it was the right time to look for investment and what, what was the key thing you used that investment for. So let, let's start with where did you find those initial investors uh, for, that, for that first round of investment? We were pretty lucky at Too Good To Go, uh, first because we had a sort of a business model from day one, meaning for every meal we saved, we started to have a revenue. And also we were in a position uh, together with my co-founders where we were able not to pay ourselves from day one. Uh, I actually, when I quit my job, I moved back to my parents. I was only working every day. I was only feeding myself with Too Good To Go. So 
I could actually, you know, afford to to not uh, have a salary for a while. So in a way, also because we were coding the app ourselves, we didn't really need cash uh, to to enable us to prove the concept. And therefore, we pretty quickly became, um, found ourselves in a position where it was more investors reaching out instead of us actually going out and looking for money. And therefore, it was more about how do we find the people who actually share our values, who actually really trust our mission and who are going to support us instead of like ask us to report. And our first investor was an awesome business angel, um, someone who has who is an entrepreneur himself, someone who knows what it is, what it takes to build a company and who was pretty fascinated by the how much too good to go made sense, right? How, how much we actually link uh, economy, ecology, social impact, and how much is it's not one or another, it's actually both. And now it became more and more obvious that companies need to do both. But seven years ago, um, it was it was pretty innovative and, and good news, really. So we got a really uh, after a year, um, we got the opportunity to, to take money from uh, from three business angels, from uh, three entrepreneurs who really uh, loved our mission and who who invested their uh, private money into into Too Good To Go. And, and we actually really wanted to stay away from VCs uh, early on just because we thought that they wouldn't really understand um, the importance of our mission and our DNA, the, the importance of, of meal safe being our main KPI. That proved successful as well because we, we could stay true to ourselves uh, for as long as, um, as it was needed. And the last question that I've got on investment then is if there's anyone in, in our audience that's listening that is thinking about looking for investment or has decided that they have and are looking for an investor, what is the advice that you give to them? It's it's hard, right? Because it, it really depends on which situation you're, you are. I mean, are you running out of cash? Are you going to need to uh, shut down the company if you don't? I, I would always say, like, try and look for money when you don't need it uh, in a way, because you just look at things from a different perspective. You can take the time to find the right people. You can raise what you need. Um, I mean, raise what you, you're you going to be able to spend, not in a irrational way. I mean, for us, it's a, it has always been, let's build a strategy and then let's find the money to fund it versus let's raise as much as we can and then let's, uh, let's find out uh, on what we're going to spend it. I guess there are different strategies. Uh, it needs to to fit what you want to do as an entrepreneur. But for me, it's it's really about finding the right investors in terms of like, you know, the people who are going to be challenging you, what will they challenge you on? And then don't raise too much because actually not having much money helps you to stay creative and, and to, to be innovative and to find the people who, who really want to join you for the right reasons as well. So yeah, I think it's a question of timing and a question of, uh, of your own context and personality as well. For the listeners, I think you speak very eloquently about business. You've got a really good perspective on the way that you look at problems. What's some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over your career? Or if there was someone that was starting a, a business or that wanted to think, I suppose, more entrepreneurially like yourself, what advice would you have for them? And also how much did engineering, because the way that you've been speaking, I'm wondering how much your engineering experience has contributed to the way that you think about the problem that you're solving yes um i mean if i had one advice to give is uh, find out what you're passionate about and then once you know that just put 
all your energy and time and talent um, to to follow that passion because that's when you're actually successful, right? That's that's when you're happy. That's when you're on joy every day. Even so you have to work like 12 hours in a day, it doesn't feel like work. It's just uh, you love what you do. And, uh, and usually when you love what you do, you also do it well. And it's not because something bad happened one day that you just want to give it up. It's just one thing that you want to solve uh, to move to the next day. And for me, I think um, I have a lot of, uh, of passion in me and therefore my gut feeling is, is really present. It kind of feels right or it doesn't. And I always go where, where it feels right. But then also it linked with my engineering background. I kind of um, find a rational way to justify that gut feeling as well. And if it, it's rare that my rational mind proves my gut feeling wrong, but when the two are not aligned, then I'm a bit more patient and maybe I, I wait before I, I move full in into that direction and maybe I, I sleep on it and I, I and I rethink the day after. For me, it's, it's super important to give enough space to your gut feeling, but also to think with your head and make sure that it, it does make sense as well uh, when you explain it to someone and you, when you put it on a piece of paper. So I would say that balance of both is key to, to be successful. Back in the days, I hadn't realized um, that I naturally play with both, uh, but I think it's it's really important actually to to do so, so that you you avoid the worst and 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 you constantly evaluate the risk, and when you see that the risk is not that bad actually, then you feel really comfortable to move forward, and that's what brings the pace as well. I think that's some really good advice. Um, the last question for me is uh, about any significant people that have had an impact on your life or career. Is there anyone in your life, be it in business or personally, that has impacted your life in a significant way? And what was it that, that they did? Well, that's a tough one because, uh, to be honest, it's it's been so many people, uh, both from my close ones just, uh, you know, bearing with me when I was like a zombie and working days and nights and not being really there for them, but just being understanding and supporting me. Um, from, you know, the people I just had one conversation with, uh, but like, you know, they sparked that idea that I was really just, um, that then uh, could make a difference. From, from the amazing colleagues I had from like, you know, the, one who, the ones who joined when no one believed in it and, and really gave me the, the place to continue and, you know, forced me to get that confidence that, um, that you need to convince other people to join you as well uh, from the colleagues I met uh, later on in the in the company where you know they they are just think so differently than you then sometimes that sometimes it's it's harder to work together but they also inspire you a lot because you understand that you need a lot of different types of profiles and approach to build a strong company so I would say like really uh, inside out and and from day one to to today building a company is is really about meeting amazing people and, and inspiring each other. And, and for me, that's, that's one of the best part actually of, of building Too Good To Go is, is all the amazing people I've met where I've really shared, you know, some, uh, some hard work, some exciting passions, some exciting milestones as well. And honestly, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm super extrovert and I really feed myself from being with others. Uh, and they gave me so much energy that I really hardly felt felt tired, uh, at least in my mind. And then sometimes, like it was my close ones that needed to like you know slow me down and say, "No, now you need to sleep." Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, I, it's impossible to name one because uh, I would be uh, disloyal to all the others who had a who had a huge impact. Amazing. Uh, there's been so much really strong advice in there and anecdotal advice that I think the listeners can take from this. Um, is there anywhere that people can follow you, either on social or is it best to just download the Too Good To Go app? It's always best to download the Too Good To Go app, uh, of course. No, I mean, I, of course, I always recommend it because you you kind of enter a universe where you feel that it's it's positive and where you can do something for fighting food waste. So, so of course, if, you, if you're not part of one of the 70 million users, uh, you should become one of them. It's it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool uh, community to be part of. Uh, and then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn as well, just because it's a great uh, professional network where I find a lot of inspiration myself and where I share some of my inspiration. So that's a good place to find me as well. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Founders. If you liked the content in this podcast, you can get new content from a new founder every week by following us on all podcast apps. 